understand that there is a spiritual realm because you can't actually see it. But we see the effects of the spiritual realm every day because <laughs> everything comes out of the spirit. Everything that is natural came out of the spiritual realm, came out of a spiritual world. I want to read a parable this morning and it's got to be one of the ones I have most difficulty with or have had for a very long time. And it's, it's Luke, it's in Luke chapter 16. I couldn't, for so long I just couldn't join the dots on this one because it's the parable of the unjust steward. It just seemed like a a really strange example that, that Jesus would use to explain what he, was, what he was getting to. So I'll just read it. Luke chapter 16, verse 1. He also said to his disciples, there was a certain rich man who had a steward and an accusation was brought to him that his man was wasting his goods. So he called him and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be steward. Then the steward said within himself, what shall I do? For my master is taking the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I am ashamed to beg. I have resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him and said to the first, how much do you owe my master? And he said, a hundred measures of oil. So he said to him, take your bill, sit down quickly and write 50. Then he said to another, how much do you owe? And he said, a hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill and write 80. So the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly. For the sons of this generation are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. And I say to you, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, or when it fails, in my margin, they may receive you into an everlasting home. And then Jesus talks about the, um, the crux of it. And we'll get to that in a moment. But I thought it was um, a really interesting parable because it seems like it's a, it's a negative because the master is, is, is God. And it seems like a real, a, a funny sort of situation that the master's commending this, um, this uh, unjust steward. So, the steward was wasting his master's goods. Now, we don't know how, what he was doing. It doesn't matter. But he wasn't doing the right thing. But we've got to put it into a first century context because this person was not employed. Okay? What he would do is that the, he was put in place as a steward and he would um, be responsible for, for getting in the, 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 the master's money. But in, in first century stewardship, the steward would get what was owed to the master, but he would put his commission on top, much like it, the, the tax collectors. 
So the, the, the steward had a, a, a measure on top and, and he actually got to decide <laughs> what he was going to put on top as his commission. So if you look, possibly the, the, um, the steward wasn't doing his, his, um, his master out of, out of any money. He was just taking off the commission that he had put on there to get himself on the good side of all those people. Now, mammon is mentioned only four times in the, in the New King James Bible. Only four times is mammon mentioned. And it's mentioned each time by Jesus. Nobody else mentions that, that word, mammon. So I thought, that's interesting. So bear with me with the definitions. Mammon means, from the definition of the word in the, in the Greek, confidence or wealth personified. And you, you think, okay, confidence in wealth. Okay, our com- you know, people have their confidence in wealth, don't we? Your confidence in wealth. Your bank account's really, really quite fat. Well, you're very confident. Um, <laughs> it's, that's what it is. But this is the other definition. Bear with me. Avarice deified. Mm. Now, you th- you, you're listening to that and you think, come on, speak English. Well, they are English words. Avarice deified. Avarice means materialism, greed or covetousness. Deified means to worship or regard as a god. So you put them together, it is materialism, all those other words, regarded and worshipped as God. And we see it in our world today. Stuff is regarded as God. You know, a big shopping centre, it's like, it's like, you know, it's, it's a place of worship. <laughs> but Jesus used the name Mammon because Mammon is a spirit and he knew its name. <laughs> so he used the name of the spirit that motivates people in that way he knew his name he knew the spirit now I want to read some of that parable out of the out of the um, what is this never oh there we go <laughs> never works when you want it to in a hurry This is out of the Passion Translation, so I'll I'll read from halfway through verse 8. Jesus continued, Remember this, the sons of darkness interact more wisely than the sons of light. And it's talking about um, uh, in the use of of finance, or more shrewdly, the, um, the New King James Bible says. And often I believe that's the case because there is a, there is a, there is um, a motivation that's coming from that spirit. And anything that comes from a, from a spirit that's not from God, it will push people in a certain direction and then it will eat them. <laughs> Nothing from the sp- spirits outside of the spirit of God 
wants good for you. So people are, uh, are directed, I believe, are motivated, pushed, if you like. See, the enemy pushes people in a certain direction. The Holy Spirit leads people in a direction. It's very different. <laughs> it is so different. And in verse 9, use the wealth of this world to demonstrate your friendship with God by winning friends and blessing others. Yeah? So what's that? We're using wealth free from the influence of mammon, free from the influence of that spirit that will take us in a, in a, in a, in a destructive path. And that's good. And we can be. We can be free from that spiritual influence of mammon. We can use the resources that God has put in our hands and we can use what is potentially uh, a very negative thing in a very, very positive way when we separate the spirit that, that, um, that motivates and are led by the Holy Spirit. So verse 10, The one who faithfully manages the little he has been given will be promoted and trusted with greater responsibilities. You know, we see that through scripture. You, you, you follow the life of, of Barnabas. And see what um, what God did with him, and it all started around an offering. Um, he was trusted with the money, and uh, ended up um, going with uh, with Paul on missionary missionary journeys. If you have not handled the riches of this world with integrity, why should you be trusted with the eternal riches of the spiritual world? And if you've not proven yourself faithful with what belongs to another, why should you be given wealth of your own? We could talk about tithing in, in, in that one. That's another time. It is impossible for a person to serve two masters at the same time. You will be forced to love one and reject the other. One master will be despised and the other will have your loyal devotion. Your choice between God and wealth of this world is no different. You must enthusiastically love one and definitely reject the other. And it all comes down to being led by the Holy Spirit and what we do with what God has entrusted us. Because at the end of the day, we are stewards. You think, well, that stuff is mine. Yep, God's put it in your hand. And when you leave the planet, you're not taking it with you. <laughs> so is it really yours? Is it really yours? We are stewards. Hallelujah. So I was, um, I did do a little bit of study on that, um, on that um, parable, and I think I've, I think I'm, I'm happy with it. I think I've got there, which, um, which is good because it's bothered me for a very long time. So, <laughs> and of course, there is more in there. So as we use what God has put in our hand, and we use it for the glory of God. God can see that we can be entrusted with them all. It's as simple as that. Hallelujah. And whether that be an offering in, uh, in a church setting or whether that be a generous lifestyle where we see a need and uh, as we're able, um, 
fulfill that need. It's all, it's all in the one bucket. Hallelujah. So if you're um, giving an old-fashioned offering today, it's, um, that's, you know, it's uh, the, um, our little post box up near the um, communion cups or our details for giving online uh, on the website. Well, let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you that um, you've brought us into a relationship where we can understand, Lord, that there are spiritual influences and that, that, that everything uh, that transpires, Lord, is, is motivated by uh, one spirit or another. And, and Father, the only spirit that we want to be um, led by is your Holy Spirit. And Father, we just, uh, we just thank you that, that we can be led by your Spirit, Lord, that we can know what to do with what you've given us. And, uh, and Lord, we know the promises that you've given us uh, as a result of being, uh, being led and following the leading and being obedient to what you're, you're leading us into. So, Father, we just uh, pray a blessing on, on offering this morning and, uh, and Lord, just lead us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, turn the clock around. I really enjoy listening to good teaching on finance. I guess because I realise it's one of the areas or probably the greatest area where the enemy can keep people in bondage, locked into their money. You talk about anything else, don't talk about my money. I've worked too hard to get it. And the enemy works against that. So when we get good teaching on finance, you want to just soak it up because it's going to free you up. And when you get freed up in your giving, God is just looking to pour out. He's looking for people who are free to receive. That's a good way of putting it. Are you free to receive? Now, often we're willing, but are we free to receive? Are we free of the spirit of mammon that wants to increase our love of money so we're bound up to that instead of free to receive from God? Hallelujah. I was in worship this morning and I heard the Holy Spirit saying to me, Take note of this day, look around. I am going to pack this place. I'm going to pack this place, fill it with my glory and fill it with people who are hungry for my glory. Last week I shared a little on the glory. This might be embracing the glory part two. There could be a hundred parts to it, I don't know. Because it's inexhaustible. 
when you begin to start touching the realms of glory, <clears throat> and as I've said to you before, it's, it's difficult for me to speak on this subject because it's so tangible, it's so personal, it's so real. But I'll get there. But the realms of glory, the realms of God, the thing that we're hungry for, the thing that we're passionate about, the thing that we desire more than anything else, this is what God's waiting to, 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 to see a people who are more hungry for his glory, for his presence, than anything else. And there is a realm. There is a realm. I was talking with Caleb on Friday. We had lunch together and... We were talking, I was saying, it's just like there are just layers, layers of glory. How much of the glory do you desire? How much of the glory of God, the presence of God, that, that, that Holy Spirit heart search glory? Because as the heart of man is, so is going to be the, the, the depth, the revelation, the dispensing of the glory of God. Are you allowing God to produce in your heart that receptive anticipation and expectation of the glory? There are many different aspects of the glory. And, uh, and Caleb and I were just talking a little bit about different things and... Uh, He's not here this morning. He's involved with army stuff this week. And I said to him, Caleb, I really miss you when you're not, you're not there in church. Because Caleb is a worshipper. I'm not going to talk about him this morning because he's not here. Caleb is a worshipper. He's got a heart that desires God above everything else. And I've watched Caleb for many years. And when he gets into worship, he doesn't care about anyone else in the room except God. This is the heart that God's looking for, the heart that's totally sold out, dedicated, committed, submitted, wanting God to touch him and reveal. And Caleb's a seer. Told him that years ago. And God's beginning to open it up even more. And we're going to begin to understand the realms of the Spirit of God when we have a hunger for the things of God because the invisible is more tangible and more real than the natural. There's a lot more going on in the invisible realm than we have any clue about. Now, this room is full of angels right now. So don't think you're here by yourself. You've at least got your partner angel with you. Okay, that, that doubles the number straight up. But there's other angels in this room and they're doing stuff. Now, when I was talking to Caleb uh, on Friday, I think I might start with this because... But when I get on to the other, I might not get back to this. So when I was speaking with Caleb, I said, look, now, I had this thought. This is what I'm saying to Caleb. I said, now, I know you're not going to be there on Sunday, but Paul wrote about being there in spirit, even if he's not there in person. He said, I'm with you in spirit. I said, okay, Caleb, now I've got this thought. I want you to start to 
to pick up on what's happening on Sunday. I want you to be thinking about Sunday. I said, now you can listen to the message from last Sunday and you should listen, not because I want you to listen to me, you should listen to the message from last Sunday. It's on the website, you can find it. And God wants you to begin to receive. Wow. God wants you to begin to receive the double portion. You're going to have to start doubling up on some things because you don't get everything first time round. And like Tim was saying at the end of the meeting last week, you need to start thinking about and meditating on the things that God's bringing out. This isn't just a Sunday thing. This is a seven-day-a-week, 24-7 thing that God wants us to be totally separated, to hear what he's saying. We're still going to be very effective in the world and what we're doing, but we need to be in tune with him so we know what we should be doing. And if we're doing what he's saying we should be doing, we're going to get everything else done with such ease. To have the anointing on what you're doing makes it a flow, and we need to know what the flow of the Spirit is. To understand there is a flow. God wants us to flow with the river. Oh, that's another good subject, isn't it? So God wants us to know what it is to see that river flowing and we're just flowing with the Spirit of God, hearing what the Spirit's saying, doing what the Spirit's saying, going where the Spirit's saying, and he's going to look after everything else. If we prioritize him, he will prioritize our stuff. You make it your business to look after God's business and God's He's going to look after everything. And there's no greater partner I'd like in my business than God. He's the smartest partner you'll ever get. So I'm talking with Caleb. I said, now, what about this on, on uh, Sunday morning? And he said to me, look, I'll be traveling down to Melbourne. I think it was Melbourne. He's going to on the bus. He said, I'll listen to the preaching from last Sunday while I'm on the bus. And I'll let you know what I'm hearing. So here we go. Caleb and I have had a, a link this morning. So I get this message first thing this morning. Caleb's saying, I asked God what he wanted to do at Creek Street this morning. I heard the word release. Still waiting on more detail. I'm listening to last week's message on the way to the airport and I'll message you and I get some more. And then I get another message. I can see a gentle but steady rain falling inside the church building right now. It's a pre-soaking of the atmosphere in preparation for what God is going to do. I can see the physical seats being slowly drenched. See, there's so much happening that we miss sometimes unless we take the time and prioritise what's the Holy Spirit saying and doing. Then he sent me another message, but I'm keeping that one to myself. But could be more coming, so I'll just keep the phone there. See, now Caleb is already focusing on what's happening in the service even though he can't be here, but there is a connection in the spirit. And I said, okay, why don't we use technology to get that connection working really well? So there's things that we can begin to, to recognize that God is wanting to impart and there is no time in the spirit, there's no distance in the spirit. 
We need to understand how close God is and how much he wants us to have the revelation of what he's doing and saying right now. Now, I want to just read this verse from John out of the Passion Translation. Now, there is going to be some repetition because repetition is a very good teacher. That's how I learned my tables and I still know 2 plus 2 is 4. So it's worth having a bit of repetition because it's going to hold you in good stead with God because you'll be able to recall the Scriptures and the Holy Spirit wants to give us understanding. He wants to enlighten the eyes of our understanding of our heart. He wants us to see beyond what's visible in the natural. And he's the one who knows and is going to show us what's going on. So John 1, Gospel of John. And verse 9. Now we might start it. Yeah, we'll start at 9. For the light of truth, speaking about the word made flesh, Jesus himself, was about to come into the world and shine upon everyone. He entered into the very world he created, yet the world was unaware he came to the very people he created and those who should have recognised him, but they did not receive him. How many times has the Holy Spirit come to us and we should recognise what he's doing, but we don't receive it? Not intentionally sometimes. We can just get preoccupied with other stuff. So we need to start today with Holy Spirit. I want you to be able to speak to me that which you want to show me today. Help me to be open. Help me to be sensitive. I yield myself to you today, Lord, so I can be in the flow. But those who embraced him and took hold of his name were given the authority to become the children of God. Those who embraced him. It's all about embracing the word that we receive or the word that's presented or the word that the Holy Spirit's giving to us and embracing it and taking it on board as ours. But those who embraced him, took hold of his name, were given authority. You've got more authority than you realize. And the devil's already defeated and you need to exercise that authority over him. The children of God. The child, you recognize it, but so many in the church don't recognize in the church there are a lot of dummy suckers today. They want their pacifier. Oh, no, I mean preacher, to tell them what they want to hear. But they want the preacher to be a pacifier. And if that's not the case, what do they do? They spit the dummy. We've had a lot of dummy spitters here. But God's going to bring those who are genuinely hungry for God into the house and there's going to be such a revival in this city and if you haven't heard it by now, start listening to the messages because God is speaking so clearly. Now, I, I know last week when I was speaking, I had no clue about what was coming out and there was a, a, a prophecy come out and I said to Caleb, he asked me, because he was missing last Sunday too. He's making a habit of it. I'll have to pray for him. 
And so, while I'm, I'm speaking, this prophecy came out. I said to Carla, but I cannot remember it at all. I know it was something to do about the glory, but I had no clue it was coming out. No idea. And I couldn't remember it. But I listened to the message last night, didn't I? So I'm raring to go. Because I know that word was a word for this church and this church needs to start really embracing the Holy Spirit word that's coming because that's going to activate something in you that's going to produce what you're hungry for. And I'll get to that in a minute. He was not born by the joining of human parents or from natural means or by a man's desire but he was born of God. And so the living expression, the word made flesh, became a man and lived among us and we gazed upon the splendor of his glory and the glory of the only one who came from the Father overflowing with tender mercy and truth. The word became flesh I said it to the weed, flesh could become the word. I said, what's the greatest miraculous demonstration or, or visible of the glory? It's when a human being becomes just like the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the glory being manifest in a way that we think is impossible, but God says, no, 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 just allow me to work the work and enjoy the well, I don't know what you call it. The journey, the walk, the working out of your salvation. Some people are stopped working on it. It says, we're children, we're born in the family of God and then the scripture says we're saved, we're going to heaven. Great, that's the first expression of, of, of God's glory beginning to impact us and that's wonderful to be going to heaven. But my goodness, that's the first layer. And there's so much God wants to unfold. And I've told you how many times I've told you the unfolding revelation of the greater dimensions of the untold mysteries of God. And there are so many mysteries that God wants to make alive and relevant to you that you're walking in the mystery, but it's not a mystery to you. But others think you're a mystery. They don't know where you're getting the information from. You've got inside information. For those who embrace the truth. How do we embrace the truth? Well, did you get saved? You heard a word and you embraced the truth. You made it yours. It's so simple. You claim it. That's for me. You find a scripture in here, that's for me. That's God's thoughts to me. That's a possibility for me if I'll work out my salvation, keep my heart right before the Holy Spirit, keep walking in the truth that I know, keep allowing God to reveal and refresh and renew, there's going to be a change that's going to be evident even if you don't see it happening. People outside are going to say, my goodness, something's happened to you. Yeah, I got revived. But there is so much God wants to reveal. And he wants to reveal it through you 
after he's revealed it to you. You can't give for what you don't have. So, oh, Lord, I'm so hungry. Some people are just too scared. Well, if I give over to God, he might want more than I'm prepared to give. That's stupid. That's Proverbs 12.1. I haven't read this for a long time. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge. But he who hates correction is stupid. Some people only want to hear what flatters them. Don't pat the cat the wrong way. The cat doesn't like the way it's being patted. Let the cat turn around. It's going to be so much fun in the house of God when the freedom really hits. Where the preacher can say whatever the Holy Spirit's saying and not get these strange looks from people. They'll just welcome it. They'll say, let it rip. Hit me again, I'm still conscious. So... This, this prophecy that came out last week, like I said to you, I had no clue. Most of my life I have no clue of what God's going to do. I'm serious, I have no clue. And I, I heard this prophecy, wow, don't remember saying that, but I'm listening to myself so I must have. But when I actually start to look at it, I transcribed it, I wrote it down. And I looked at it and I thought, wow, this is, um, this is interesting because it's almost a prayer, a prophecy, and a promise in one. So I don't know what you call it, but this is what it was. That unity that we have, Father... That oneness that we have, I pray that those, they too may have the same unity where they come together in a united heart, in one purpose, in one thought, one mind, one agenda, one accord, one faith, one hope and one glory. And here comes the prophecy bit. And the glory of the Lord shall come into the house and there shall be a revelation of my glory in the house. The brightness of the glory of God shall shine forth from this house and there shall be evidence that the presence of God is dwelling in the house. You are the house of God individually. When we get enough coming together collectively, we all are being 
included in the realms of glory that's going to manifest in the place. And if everybody brings their little realm of glory with them, we're going to see a, a, a wow, we, 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 we can, 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 you, can you just imagine? So there's a bit of preparatory work before you come to church. It's not just, well, I'm going to come and see what the preacher can do to put a smile on my door. Wrong house. <laughs> it might happen. Who knows? But, but you need to understand that I'm actually someone that the Holy Spirit wants to use to be a blessing in the house, even if I just bring my happy self with me. That would be an improvement. Boy, some of them are hard to crack this morning. And the glory of God shall come in the house, and there shall be a revelation of my glory in the house. The brightness of the glory of God shall shine forth from this house, and there shall be evidence that the presence of God is dwelling in the house. And here's the promise. As my people begin to embrace the word and take that word as their own word and allow the hope of the glory to begin to rise within, there shall be a revelation and a manifestation of the glory of God in the house. And you'll be flat on your face when the glory of God comes in the, in the, oh, in, in the form that, that God is, is going to manifest himself. You will be absolutely on the floor because God is going to be, be revealing himself and the floor is the best place to do that. I have found from experience you don't want to be standing when the glory hits. Because you're going to hit the deck. And God wants to put some stuff in you that you've never experienced before, but it's going to be a release of the glory that's already in there. God wants to open it up. God wants to stir it up. God wants to plug you in so that the power begins to flow into that glory well and it'll begin to bubble and it's starting to happen. There's a revelation, there's a word coming that's alive and active and working in the house and if you haven't felt it yet, keep coming, it's going to get you. Because God is interested in you more than you're interested in him. Can you believe that? Sometimes our interest wanes a little bit. We get our ups and downs, but God is so interested in you, he's not going to forget about you. He's going to keep at it and at it and at it. And even if it takes a whole lifetime, God's going to bring you into the place where he can fill and flood every part of your being so you know your Father God in such a way just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. That's what we've been talking about. One. One with the Father. Oh, it's, it's going to get so... You won't want to leave the house. But you will. And you'll take it with you. There's going to be an increase. There's going to be a, a, a further writing of the book of Acts. There's going to be you written into the book of Acts. Can you believe that? God wants to write you into the rest of the Acts of the Apostles. 
Oh, but how can God do it? God can do anything. I mean, you don't know what I'm like. God does and he still came. (laughs) Get your eyes off yourself. Get your eyes on him and just begin to flow with the river of God. And if you don't believe something's happening, I'll find something for you. When I was, just going back a few weeks, that other prophecy that came out that caught me by surprise also, had no clue that one was coming, about the river, about the well, you know, that well of salvation, that, 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 <clears throat> that, that starting point. Well, God's going to go back to the starting point for some of you and he's going re, re, to reignite. He's going to plug that well into the power supply. And it's going to be something to start to bubble up within you. And, and the following week, I, because I remembered that prophecy was so dynamic and wow, it was just a wow one for me. And I, I read it and I, I spoke about it a little bit uh, the following week. And while I was speaking about it, Caleb was sitting in the meeting and he said to me afterwards, when I was speaking about the prophecy, he saw the well. It was bubbling at the brim. A little bit of water was spilling over the sides, but not much. The bubbling was intense, though. Like at any moment, something big was going to happen. Now, this is what's happening in the unseen realm. While you're sitting listening to the Word of God, there are angels who are activating. They're plugging you into the power source, and that well of water that's in you is going to start to bubble like the kettle that's been plugged into the power, and the water begins to bubble, and you're going to find there's something that's going to come to the surface. You know what happens when you've got some water and you begin to let it bubble. If that water's not pure, some of the junk comes to the top, some of the scum scoop it off and let that water be purified by the power of the Holy Spirit and be plugged in every day and you're going to allow the purifying work of God to make that water of the Word so clean in you that it's going to wash away everything that's not of God and there's going to be a purity and a holiness in the house of God that we run to the presence of God instead of hiding. Are you ready? Because God's going to pack the house and you're going to be so busy helping people because you've got a word. And there's people coming into the house who have no clue. And God's going to do a quick work in them and they're going to advance in the things of God. So be careful you don't get overtaken by the one you're mentoring because God's going to work a work and you're going to see so much happening. It's going to fill your heart. You're going to swell with joy. That's one of the verses God gave me a long time ago. My heart is going to swell with joy when I begin to see it happen. And I'm seeing it in the man Caleb right now and my heart just swells for joy. And the house is going to be filled with people who are longing for more of the presence of God, who are so hungry for God, they have no agenda, no, 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 no other stuff but what God is doing. And the house is going to be such a pure, holy place where the glory of God will reside. And even when there's no one in the house, the glory will still be here. This is a prophetic sermon. If you've ever heard one, this is going like the... 
the powers at the moment. You're going to know that you know that I'm in the house where God wants me because every time you get there, God's going to fill you with more. God's going to just empower you with so much of what he wants you to do. You'll be so busy, exhausted by the glory supply that's going to flow through the week. God's going to have to recharge you on the Sunday. Then you'll go out and you'll do it again and you'll begin to fill the house. I don't know where we're going to put them all, but God knows and he'll fix it all up. I hope you're getting this. I hope you're embracing some of this. Even if you just get a little bit of it, God's going to do something in you so he can do something through you, so he can reveal himself and you're going to say, my, who was that? That was just the Holy Ghost working through the hand. Oh, that's another one we could look at, couldn't we? But we have so much to look forward to. Wow. And I'm not yet, Lord. I've got too much I want to do down here. You know, Paul actually made the decision when he wanted to go. Are you kidding me? Wow. Wow. Look, let I'll just I'll show you something. I'll just show you something. Ephesians. We're not gonna get far into this this morning, but we'll have more Sundays, won't we? What about if we had a week of Sundays? Huh? If Monday became Sunday, Tuesday became Sunday, Wednesday became Sunday. Oh, no, don't stop, Jeff. We want you to keep going. Three hours in, Jeff, keep going. Four hours in, Jeff, don't stop yet. Well, that'll be a miracle, won't it? Instead of, oh, God, do we have to sit through that hour again? God, please help the preacher. Now, you, you've heard me pray that many times. See, there are things that are hidden that God wants to bring to the surface. And there's no better place to do that than church. And then we can deal with it. Just looked at word. Caleb said, See, the word was release that Caleb got. There should be some release happening right now. What do you want to hang on to that stuff that's kept you where you're at? I'm secure with where I'm at. Great. God wants to increase your security. He wants you to be so secure in Him that when everything's stripped away, you don't care one rip. Just total confidence in my father. I was going to show you a verse, wasn't I? Ephesians 3. We'll start at verse 1. Passion translation again. I really do enjoy the passion translation. I use all my other translations. 
but the passion just adds another little bit of passion that um, makes it a little more... Heartfelt, maybe? I could say something now, but I'll regret it when I get home. So I won't. This, 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 This is the divine mystery. That's the heading. Ephesians 3 verse 1, Paul speaking, Beloved friends, because of my love for Jesus Christ, I am now his prisoner for the sake of all of you who are not Jews, so that you will hear the gospel that God has entrusted to me to share with you for this wonderful mystery which I briefly described was given to me by divine revelation so that whenever you read it, you'll be able to understand my revelation and insight into the secret mystery of the Messiah. And the fact that he has come to live in you is a great mystery. The secret mystery of the Messiah. Now, I've got a little penciled note here because this next verse became so alive. See, this Bible, it's not a dead letter. It's a living word. It is the Holy Spirit activated future for every person who will embrace it and allow this word to be their word by making it your word as you embrace the word. And I was praying one morning and I I said, Lord, I am so hungry. I am so hungry to see what you've promised because God has given me some promises. You know some of them. Some that I haven't seen yet. But I'm so hungry to see it. I don't know how to get any more hungry. But I am so passionate about spending time with Jesus every day and allow the Holy Spirit to open up my heart, my understanding, so I can receive everything that he's got that he wants to put in my heart and as quickly as I'll allow that word to be processed and, 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 and have its way and do what needs to happen so the next can come. I want so much of what God's got. I want that, 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 that. Oh, I, I, I want, I am so hungry for the glory of God to begin to be so tangible. Now the presence of God, that is tangible. And that's a realm of the glory, but there's more to receive. There's more to understand if we get this head out of the way and let the understanding of the Spirit begin to bring us into those realms where we are illuminated by the Holy Spirit so we know things that we don't know and we see things that we've never seen and He wants wants to take us places we have never been. Whoa, we're in for a ride. 
it's a bit of a roller coaster ride sometimes with, oh, I couldn't handle that one. And then God wants to take your breath away with what he wants to show you. There'll be wow moments. And so I'm saying, I'm just so hungry, Lord. And then I, I turned to this verse that was just one of the open the book surprises. It says, there has never been a generation that has been given the detailed understanding of this glorious and divine mystery until now. He's kept it a secret for this generation. I thought, wow, that is so now. That is so... That verse was written a little while ago. You do realise that. But talk about a now word, there has never been a generation. And that's what I'm feeling in my spirit so much, that this generation is in for the greatest demonstration of the power of God. It's going to cause such revival in the heart. There's going to be so many coming to the house of God that we're not going to have room to be able to have them. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know there's a stadium or a, 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 there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a showground event coming up. Maybe we're getting ready for that. Oh, we think we can fill the showground with hungry people wanting more of God. You watch what God's going to do in Bendigo. I've prophesied what's going to come and it's going to happen. God is going to move through this city and it's going to be a regional move of the Spirit. There has never been a generation that has been given the detailed understanding of this glorious and divine mystery until now. He's kept it a secret for now, for this generation. How hungry are you to embrace the latest revelation? I'm not talking flaky, made-up stuff. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit now word that's going to bring us into a place of embracing him so much that we feel his presence and we just want to sit and soak in his presence. I'll have to continue this because there's going to be a rush of children very soon. I hear a rustling in the mulberry bushes. Not the Holy Spirit, just the kids coming in the back door. Oh, but if you're hungry, if you're, if you're passionate, if you want to get a hold of what God's doing, show him your hunger and just get on the website and listen to that message again. Let the Holy Spirit write it on your heart and embrace that word that the glory of God begins to shine and you might even be like Moses coming down from the mountain. And people see the revelation of the glory of God because you've been in the presence of the goodness of God. Father, Whatever you want to do in this house, you've got a free hand. In fact, you've got two free hands to work your work in the hearts of every person in this place who's hungry for more of you. Lord, I want you to touch that hunger. I want you to increase that hunger. I want you to give them something so good to eat that they want to keep coming back for more, feasting at the table where you've got something prepared for every day. No matter what the enemy would say, no matter what the enemy would do, we've got that table set right in the midst of our enemy and we're going to feast on the things of God and we're going to enjoy the glory of God, the presence of God, the power of God and the release. So Father, I'm asking by the power of your Holy Spirit to release this morning a, a, a um, wow, 
Let it flow, Lord. Every person that wants to let it go, Lord, let it go. Release that stuff that's not of you to make room for more of you, to be filled and flooded. Lord, let our well be bubbling to get all the stuff that's not of you out. Keep that power of the Spirit bubbling, Lord, inside. Bring everything to the surface that's not of you so that you can deal with it so we can receive more of you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, just activate our senses. Help us to be more sensitive to your presence. We thank you, Lord, in the wonderful name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Like I said, the, uh, the glory realm is inexhaustible. And that was one verse. Just talk and you could hear me. But um, if you haven't got your communion, like I haven't, um, you'd like to grab that. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, there, were, there were very, very many people who interacted with Jesus in, in his time on earth. And um, some got absolutely nothing out of their interaction with him. Zip, zilch, nothing. Because their hearts weren't open to receive or weren't wanting God, basically. And then there were some that, because they received some of what Jesus said, there was, there was change in, in their lives. And, and there were some that were, were close and they were radically transformed. And, you, and then there were, there, were, there were three, weren't there? There were Peter, James and John. <laughs> and... Um, and they were the ones that Jesus said, come with me. Why did he choose those three? Well, why did he choose you? Why did he choose me? He's God. He can choose who he wants. But he's chosen us. And, and those three, they actually got to, to see what was in him they got to see the glory of God manifested 
before the cross. <laughs> and now we're living on the other side of the cross. And you know, if God's done something in some measure at one point, we've got to know that he's going to do that again at another point. And it's probably going to be bigger than what it was before. And, you know, we read some of the things in Scripture and, and you think, well, that's wild, that's out there. You know, that's, that's Steven Spielberg stuff where somebody just glows with the glory of God. But, no, it's God. And he's no respecter of persons, the Bible says. What's that mean? We're all in the game. We're all seen by him as of, of equal value, if you like. And, you know, you've probably heard somebody say this before. If there was only one of us that was going to receive him, he would have come. And he would have done this. If there was just one. <laughs> but he knows that there's going to be millions. He knew that from the start. That are going to receive what he said, allow that to go deep in their heart, and then allow him to change and mould us to what he wants us to be, what we've been created to be, who we've been created to be. And it's all because <laughs> he gave us the opportunity. <laughs> because he came. That's what this is about. That's what it's about. <laughs> it was, you can't do it. <laughs> so I'll do it for you. <laughs> what a gift. What a gift. Because he's done it for us, and that's the burden of sin, because he's taken the burden of sin, now we can receive all that he has for us. I'd like to stand, please. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. God loves the little children. <laughs> hallelujah father we thank you that you sent your son lord that you would bring us into relationship with yourself lord that you would pay the price that we could never pay to bring us into your glory lord we just thank you and we will eternally thank you for what you've done here and father it's for our for our spirit for our soul and for our body, Lord, to bring us into full redemption. So, Father, we just believe it as we receive it. In Jesus' name, let's partake.
Father, we thank you that you are the source of life and, and your blood gave us life. So, Lord, we believe it and we receive it now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You may be seated.